Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Snap. Josh handles it. Back to throw. Pocket collapsing. Fires a deep one downfield. Looking for Gabe Davis. Makes the catch at midfield. He's going to sail into the end zone. Gabe Davis at the 20. At the 10. Touchdown. Holy mackerel. 98 yards. Touchdown. Gabe Davis on third and 10 at their own two. That's a way to start. Holy mackerel. What a time and moment that was for the Bills last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Gabe Davis, 98 yards. John Murphy on the call there on the Buffalo Bills radio network, of course. The Bills in that game. Uh, what was the final? 31, 37 to 3. I got to look at this year. Maybe you have it. 38 to 3. 38 to 3. The Bills won last year. Uh, the Steelers won the year before that here in Buffalo. Remember, I, I brought it up earlier that that punt, that blocked punt in the 2021 opener was a big change. Of events in that game, 23-16 Steelers won that game. Now they get after it in Orchard Park, 1 p.m. Sunday at Highmark Stadium in the Super Wild Card Weekend. Joining me now, my good buddy on the Western Hotline, Tim Benz out in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tim Benz trip live, of course, Steelers pregame. He just talks about everything out there in Pittsburgh. What's going on, buddy? Always good to have you. We were saying earlier, I was, you were the first guest ever on this Extra Point show, so we appreciate that and remember that. And now, uh, how about these two teams getting together for the first time in quite a while to play in the playoffs? Was that game really just 38-3? It somehow felt <laughs> worse than that. Yeah, it, uh, it was 38-3, to was it? And Gabe Davis, those two monster yeah. plays. He might not play. He might not play this weekend. We'll get an update from Sean McDermott in about an hour um, on injuries. I don't know how much it necessarily matters in this game, though, Tim, because the way I look at it is, you know, it's not like the Bills are going to just be trying to throw the ball over the yard in this weather. And this might be a more of a kind of conservative approach, and you don't want to make too many mistakes against a Pittsburgh team that might want to grind it out. You think that's what Pittsburgh's game plan is going to be, is to just, hey, let's stay conservative, grind it out, and not give the Bills any opportunities either? Largely, yes. I think that they are most comfortable playing in games like that. I, even that Seattle game that they played, um, I, I felt like, for them, that probably created some anxious, anxious moments on the sidelines because it was back and forth quite a bit uh, in that first half, especially even though the, the Steelers were doing it largely with the run game and the occasional big pop play from Mason Rudolph. Um, they would prefer to have every game be like a Steelers-Ravens game, like a Steelers-Browns game, where it's 
you run the ball, we run the ball, we run the ball, you run the ball. Like that's where Mike Tomlin wants to live. And they got really used to that when they started to play better in the second half of last season with Kenny Pickett and even at times Mitch Trubisky winning incredibly close, low-scoring games over and over again uh, that carried into the first half of this year. But then you know what? Like they, they just had to open it up a little bit once Mason Rudolph got in there. It's more of his style. And um, whether or not uh, they're going to have to probably play catch-up at some point or another in this game, I would think, and hit a big player too to stay with the Bills because the Bills will be able to do that on occasion against the Steelers, even if the weather is bad. All right, let's talk about Mason Rudolph then, because obviously since he's come in, it's been a big change. I mean, they go and score 34, then 30, 17 last week in the rain, the big play, obviously, to Deontay Johnson for the touchdown. What does he bring, and what are the truths and what are the fictions about Mason Rudolph and some of these eye-popping stats we've seen through three games? But really, where does this all land for you? Well, the truths and fiction element, um, I think some of the fiction is, you know, you can't expect everything you've gotten from Rudolph over a 16 game season, or even moving into this game against Buffalo, because I think some of his numbers have been augmented by the fact that they played against Cincy's defense and Seattle's defense, which aren't very good. And Mm -hmm. then they played against Baltimore's backups and even against Baltimore's backups. Granted that was in bad weather too. Like he was accurate. He stayed out of interception um, likely throws and, he did have some troubles. Everybody on both sides seemed to have holding on to the ball and some snaps here and there because of the weather. So, like, the fiction element of it is he's probably going to have a tougher time against better defenses if he were to be the starter next year or if the Bills play well defensively this weekend. The truth element of it is he's been very accurate getting the ball into catchable positions for the wide receivers to make big plays. His ball placement has been very good, particularly on mm-hmm. deeper shots. He's given run after the catch opportunities to the Steelers receivers, which they did not have with Pickett and Trubisky. So that's been the truth element of where the numbers are. Uh, I don't know what this all portends for when it comes to next season. I mean, my, my hunch still is that they are pot committed on Kenny Pickett they will get an offensive coordinator in the offseason that speaks to his skill sets. Um, they will say it's an open competition, but they will still be leaning towards Pickett as the starter because they got to see by the end of next year if he's getting his fifth-year option as a first-round draft choice or not. We're going to touch, and I'd like to touch on uh, Tomlin's future before we end this call, too, uh, next year. But what about on the other side? In fact, let's just stay in the offense. Running the ball. I mean, obviously, you said that's where they want to live. Seems like they've done a nice job at times. There's been some nice games. They've had some big numbers. Also, some games where they've been pretty pedestrian running the ball. Um, what, what do you see from the running game at this point and what they bring? It's the barometer by which you're likely to measure their success or failure, um, in part because of what we talked about in the regular season. They were getting poor quarterback play. I think that the run game at times this season when it's been good made up for that and got them in a position where they could qualify for the playoffs or at least still be 500 late in the season. I think with Rudolph, the run game and the pass game have been complementary to each other, and they haven't had to rely solely on it. But if the run game is shut down, they're probably not going to win. That just has been a a through line throughout. Um, I think Najee Harris has come on late. I think actually Jalen Warren was the more important component to the run game. 
in the middle part of the season where they came out of the bye and played really decent football against some okay but not great competition. Uh, the run game, I think, had a stretch where they had four straight games where they were over 150 yards, and they were one away from tying a franchise record that goes back to when Fra- Franco and Rocky were here <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Wow. So, you know, like if they, had, if they had gotten that fifth straight game against the Cardinals, um, that would have set that record, but they didn't, and that was part of the downslide in December where they lost those three straight games to what ended up being non-playoff competition, again, in part because – the run games just they had to play catch up. They were behind. They couldn't lean into it. They couldn't build off of it. They couldn't do play action off of it. So, yeah, well, um, when Harris and Warren are going, that sets the tempo. And, and you know, as an opponent, you're probably going to be in a four quarter game with these guys. Tim Benz on the Wester Hotline out in Pittsburgh. Steelers, Bills, Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. here, WGR and the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. All right, the other side of the ball, we know TJ Watt is out. No one's going to, you know, doubt and understand how big of a loss that is for Pittsburgh, right? You can't hide from that. But what do they have in his absence, in his place, that Bills fans should still kind of think about or wonder about that maybe they can still do some things to get after Josh Allen? What they have is better depth at that position than they've had in recent seasons. Like last year when he got hurt with the pack, it was Malik Reed. Um, you know, if you've lost track of Malik Reed, he's bounced around between the Dolphins uh, having no job, the Raiders, and now just back to the Dolphins again on their practice squad. Uh, that was their best answer there without Watt last season. Uh, yeah. You know, they've got now Marcus Golden, who's been good when called upon. Uh, Nick Herbig, another Wisconsin guy, sort of a protege of Watts, has flashed at times, had what might go down as the biggest play of the season when he strip-sacked Geno Smith on a day where it was the only time the pass rush got to Smith, and that turned the game in their favor against Seattle in Week 17. Uh, So those guys are okay. It's not what. The bigger, more helpful thing would be if Alex Highsmith lived up to his contract. He has flashed at times himself. It's just one sack in the last four games and, and two and a half in the last seven or eight. So it has not been a banner year for Highsmith. And it'd be, like, it'd be nice to see him have a Watt-like game for one week and then just let the other guys kind of handle their own business and rotate. But the mystery element or the wonderment element that you brought up before, that might be derived from getting Demonte Casey back from suspension and likely make Fitzpatrick back from injury if they are more trustworthy of their own back end maybe they blitz a bit more uh, maybe they try to force some mistakes from Josh Allen that way mm-hmm. maybe they have a little bit more confidence sending an extra rusher or two now that they can move Pat Pete back to corner and they've got some more guys they can play with in the secondary that are experienced and good players and They've had to be very cautious of that these last couple of weeks because of the thin ranks at safety and at inside linebacker too. What what, what is the situation with Minka? Knee, he got rolled over by I think it was Peterson um, diving, trying to make a play in the Colts game. He hasn't played since the Colts game. I, I'm a little less convinced that he's all that close to 100%. I mean, like if he was close they would have put him out there against Baltimore. That game meant everything to them, and they couldn't even get him on the field for the game. So mm-hmm. this strikes me as, yeah, they've decided in advance he's likely to play unless there's a setback. 
but I'm not overwhelmingly convinced that you're going to still see the real Minka Fitzpatrick out there against Buffalo. And I know that Joey Porter Jr.'s kind of stepped up here since they've inserted him over Levi Wallace. You know, how about his game and where he stands? And would you expect him or anyone else to move around with Stefan Diggs? Yes, they've done that with him. They haven't been a team that does that. And frankly, they haven't had a lot of corners that have been worthy of doing that mm-hmm. in, in recent years. Like when Joe Hayden was here and still good after they got him from the Browns, they could do that, but they often didn't. Uh, they just kind of did right side, left side with him. Uh, Porter, though, it's it's rare to see a Steeler team draft a rookie corner and then say, go follow this guy. But he's done that and has done that to pretty good effect. I mean, he's seen T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Amari Cooper and some other really good wide receivers. Uh, wide receivers early in the season were roasting the Steelers. The number one pass catcher from teams was kind of lighting them up. But then when mm-hmm. they started to put Porter in the lineup and they started trusting him, I think the first game they did that was against Tennessee in week nine against DeAndre Hopkins, and Porter did a good job with it, and they just kept doing it. And for the most part, he's been good. I think DK Metcalf had the best game against him for something like 86 yards on three of six targets in one-on-one coverage. And if you want to use that as a high watermark, a lot of those other good wide-receiving names that I referenced did less against him than that, So, like, and significantly less. Like T. Higgins had a huge game, but it came on a 75-yard catch-and-run against his zone. So, you know, like a lot of the numbers that these receivers put up when they did put up numbers were rare times when Porter wasn't on them, and he's managed to cut down on the penalties a little bit too the last couple of weeks. That had been an issue for him. He's grabby. Um, you know, you'll see him reach, you'll see him get defensive holds from time to time. Uh, that was the book on him coming out of Penn State has proven to be true, but he has scaled that back a bit the last couple of weeks. I, without Watt, you know, maybe you can slide protection a little bit to Cam Hayward, but, you know, I'm looking at his numbers. I know he's missed a lot of time this year. He's only played 11 games, but also only a couple sacks since he's returned. Where is his game right now? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 34. 
Yeah, he's had a rough season. He had a really bad groin injury. I think they required early, early season surgery. Um, he's come back, and you have not seen the pass rush explosion from him that you have in years past. Like what really finally got people to recognize Hayward as the Pro Bowl, all pro level defensive lineman that he should have been recognized years before was he was starting to put up sack numbers. And, you know, once the Steelers advanced what their notion was of what three, four defensive linemen needed to be in the modern day NFL, they let him push up field more often and he rewarded them with a lot of pass pressures and a lot of sacks. And that hasn't come to fruition this year because of the injury. Um, you know, what they have been able to do against the run uh, at times, he's been good still in that department. But yeah, I think it's just two, two and a half sacks this year. Larry Ogunjobi only has three. Uh, I think in, across the board, the defensive linemen only have seven sacks mm-hmm. and they need more there. And I think it's also part of the reason why Highsmith hasn't been as good this year as people hoped is that, you know, he rushes from Hayward's side. Um, so that's, that's, I think in part correlated to why Highsmith hasn't quite lived up to the expectation after the contract he signed. All right, buddy. What's uh, what happens with Mike Tomlin here, depending on how this season ends, right? I mean, obviously if you have a few upsets and play great and have a run here, it's one thing, but if this team exits, there's been a lot of talk about what trading him, him moving on, stepping away. I saw the other day, what do you think the future future holds? Even at the nadir of this season, after they dropped to 7-7, seven and seven, a lot of that stuff began to swirl around. I never thought that they'd trade him. I, I knew they wouldn't fire him, and they won't, unless there's something off the field that comes up mm-hmm. or something that, you know, there's, that we're not aware of with Art Rooney um, that's been tamped down. I, just, I, I can't imagine what that would be. I was always under the impression that they would still give him a contract extension this year not only keep him, but give him an extension because they don't want him to be a lame duck if he ever does get to that point. You know, I heard the reports this weekend from Schefter and Glazer. The Glazer one always matters. When Glazer talks, it's because largely he's talked directly to Tomlin. They're tight. They're buddies. He comes to camp and hangs out with Tomlin at least once a year in August. So um, when you hear something from Glazer about Tomlin, your radar goes up because there's probably something to it. And the inference that he might walk away for a year and this is his last year of his contract, and then if he wanted to come back after a year, he could go do whatever he wanted and sign wherever he wanted. Um, yeah, I mean, I pay attention to that. But my hunch is, especially if they at least perform well against Buffalo, if not pull off the upset, I can't see Tomlin walking away from football. He still feels way too young and way too in- into it and way too energetic about it. I haven't seen him wane at all in terms of his enthusiasm. The losing definitely got to him earlier this year because I think he was disappointed. I think he was proud of how they managed to get through the season at 6-3 and three at one point despite the offensive ineptitude. But this has been a taxing year because of the quarterback situation. This has been a taxing year because he had to fire a coordinator in midstream, something he's never done before. Um, I think there was pressure from above to do that, and he's not used to that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um if he leaves, I think he leaves because he wants to leave. I don't think that he's fired, and there'd be no reason to trade him because if you're going to trade him, um, he's got to pick where he's going anyway to sign a contract extension. You're not going to get much return for him. So um, why would he do that? Why not just take the year off then and come back and have your pick of where you want to go and not be worried about what the team says is okay to trade you to? 
How do you handicap the other games in the AFC this weekend? We got Browns at Texans. You have Dolphins at Chiefs and what's going to be probably zero degree temperatures and uh, some snow. Yeah, I think the bad weather um, probably mitigates any offensive explosion advantage that the Dolphins would have had against the Chiefs. I'm not wild about either team coming mm-hmm. into the playoffs. In fact, that's why I was I was hoping that the Steelers would go to Kansas City, not Buffalo. I was hoping that the Steelers, there would be a tie in the Colts game, uh, the Colts-Texans game, so they could go uh, play against the, uh, the Dolphins. I think that's how that would have come down. You know, I, I was hoping that they get any other scenario besides going to Buffalo. That's the toughest one, I think, for the Steelers and part of the reason why I think the Bills are going to win. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I'll go with Kansas City in, in that game. And then in the other one, man, that is a tough one to handicap. I'm not wild yeah. about any of the teams in the South, but I do love Stroud. Um, the, the, the Browns' defense is so different home and road. I, I guess I'll go with the Browns because I think Houston's going through it for the first time. Flacco isn't the Browns. Some players are still there from the win in 2020 against the Steelers here at yeah. Acrisure Stadium. I, I guess I'll go with the Browns, but that one's going to be close too. Yeah, I like the Browns too for a lot of the same reasons. You know, the the Texans remind me, Tim, of the Bills team that went to Houston in 19 that wasn't ready for it yet. You know what I mean? They're just getting there. It was Josh's second year. And I love C.J. Stroud, what he's doing. I just don't know if this is a a spot for them compared to D- Jim Schwartz on the defensive side, and he'll scheme something up. So I'm going to take Cleveland. I would not be shocked if Houston won that game, though, at all. I wouldn't be either. Um, you know, I can still see that, you know, Nico Collins and some of their passing game elements with Stroud yeah. reminds me. Sometimes Stroud is these Big Ben-like throws that remind me of Roethlisberger early in his career. Um, I love watching him, too. I, I think both games are going to be close. I think that one has the potential to be the most exciting. Um, but I think all these games are going to be within a touchdown in the AFC. All right, we uh, we always get a quick Penguins check-in with you when we talk with you. Uh, Sabres had a big win there, but two goals disallowed, obviously, by Crosby. But we have our own issues here in Buffalo. Pittsburgh making the playoffs this year. Are they um, they going to be able to get this thing over the finish line again? Like uh, they, uh, I know they didn't last year, but you know with their aging roster? I said they'd be the last team in this year. And I've seen nothing to dissuade me in one direction or the other. I guess looking at how they played so far, I am disappointed big picture. I thought they'd be a little bit better than what they've been, particularly on the power play. The power play is hideous. And it was supposed to be a lot better this year, especially with getting Carlson. But no one in the Eastern Conference, particularly the Metro, is separated from the Penguins so much that I can't see them squeaking in. I think they're a little bit better than last year. Being a little bit better than last year would have gotten them in as the eight seeds, second wild card, and I, I still think that's where they will be. I still don't think they want a playoff series, but um, my hope is that they at least get back into the playoffs and uh, give it a go in the first round against somebody. Hey, buddy, always good to ch- c- uh, catch up with you, and uh, I'll be joining you tomorrow. Right? We'll talk uh, from the other angle and give your listeners a little bit of insight, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know if you feel like you know painting a prettier picture for Steeler hopes than I did for Steeler hopes in <laughs> Buffalo. You're more than welcome to do that, but I, I, just I might do that. I just I think weather's the ultimate equalizer in any of these games, right? And I, 
I, I think it, all it takes is for one bad bounce, one fumble, one critical mistake, and I just, you know, I have a very healthy respect for Mike Tomlin. I, I'm not one of these people that, you know, I know you in, in Pittsburgh, it's like you're so close to it. I just think he's an excellent coach, but I get a lot of the things that are said. But I will tell you, if he has a chance just to grind it out after a couple mistakes and get a lead, and it might be a little more difficult here with this weather. Yeah, I do think the weather will equalize it, but um, not having Watt and not having yeah. the pass rush being at peak performance to force Allen into the mistakes that he is sometimes yep. prone to make, I think that balances back out towards the Bills. All right, buddy. Good to talk with you. Thanks always for doing this. All right, man. Great to be on with you again. Always enjoy it. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Tim Benz out there in Pittsburgh, and we're going to – I'm going to be on his show tomorrow. He does a really great podcast um, for Steelers fans and Steelers listeners. And real quick, I'm going to tell you where you can find Ben online because he is actually, there he is. Tim Benz, B-E-N-Z-P-G-H. Tim Benz, P-G-H. Real good stuff uh, from Tim. Trib Live Sports, uh, DVE Radio as well. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, wrap up the hour, and then get ahead and hear from John Harris, sideline reporter for the Texans, uh, on the other side of 11 o'clock. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.